Hello, hi everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hi, welcome to Thursday, up on the four o'clock Eastern Time Standard Time, and you are watching Beyond Small Talk. Welcome. My name is Jackie Janik, and I'm a women's empowerment coach, helping women uncover their purpose and define their own path in the world. And you are watching Beyond Small Talk. Real women, real conversation, elevating womankind one talk at a time. And today I am so excited to have a dear friend of mine uh, co-host today. Her name is Michelle Flagello and her handle is at the millennial in motion. And that's exactly what she is. She is the millennial in motion. She's waving hi, hi, hi. She's a lover of travel, adventure and trying new things. She's been everywhere from Thailand, Machu Picchu, which not to, I don't know exactly where it is, and Myanmar. Am I even saying it right? And we have to find out exactly where that is because when she told me she was going there, I had to Google it. So that just shows you I need to work on my geography. So today we're just talking about how Michelle at a young age followed her heart, her passion, her purpose, and started traveling the world and experiencing new things. And she's such an inspiration to women of all ages and wherever you are in your life, there is something that Michelle will definitely teach you today. So, so excited to have her on. Let's get her on. I haven't seen her in like a while. Where in the world is Michelle? Is the question. Hi. Hey, hi. <laughs> How are, How are you? you? Can you hear me? I can hear you really well. Awesome. Thank How are you? you? Great. Thank you for coming on. I'm so excited. I haven't seen you in a while. Yes. I think last summer. Last summer. So the question is, I was saying you are a traveler. You love travel and adventure. Where are you? <laughs> Currently, I'm in Florida right now, so um, I came down like three or four days ago. I'm visiting my mom and my grandma. Mm -hmm. I drove down with my brother from Maine, and, um, you know, as you know, I'm, I live in Myanmar, but I've been in the U.S. since the end of March because of what's happening in the world. Yeah, so I totally said it wrong. It's Myanmar. Myanmar. People say Myanmar, Myanmar. I say yeah. Myanmar, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and exactly where is that? Uh, it's right near Thailand, so you did mention Thailand, but yeah, it's it borders Thailand, uh, Laos, India, Bangladesh, and China, so it's over there on the east side of the world. Great. So just so you and I met, and I went back into notes to even figure out when we first met, and I think it was at the <laughs> end of 2012. Uh, you started working. We worked in a marketing department together, and I literally gave birth, like, the second day you were hired. <laughs> I was going to say, how could you forget? Yeah. I know. I gave uh, birth, and I was like, sorry, Michelle, I'm out, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, about what, eight years now almost? Eight years ago, yeah. That's and I crazy. knew from meeting you that there was something, you know, you were just made for so much more than working in an office in a structured um, environment. Like, and we've had all these great conversations and you've been on this personal growth and journey, development journey. And when the day you told me that you were leaving and packing up mm -hmm. and what was your first stop? So tell us a little bit about like the thought process. Like you were, you had a job, you graduated school. Why? Like what, what called you to do? Like just pick up and leave the country. Well, you know, like, you know, I loved working in marketing. It was, yeah. um, you know, I, I liked our job. Like I loved it. Mm -hmm. uh, we had fun. 
but I just, I always knew I wanted to like be abroad and be traveling. So I had found these opportunities to teach in South Korea. I thought that was like, I guess, one of the easier opportunities to get as your first job teaching abroad, teaching English. And so I had, um, yeah, I had decided to move to South Korea and it was, you know, a big, big change in my life at that time. But I think it was like, it led me on to the right path of where I should be. So. And what yeah. was like the biggest thing in South Korea? So just people know I was like, Michelle, tell me what's the bathrooms like? Like I'm so <laughs> like my luxuries and nuances that how old were you when you left? And what like your first week there? Um, how old was I? Maybe 27, 26, 27. Um, and well, one of my favorite stories to tell was like, right when I, you know, I have been traveling for like 24 hours, maybe even longer. And some guy picks me up from a train station and drives me to this apartment. It was like, okay, this is your home. And it's like midnight. He brought me like McDonald's food for dinner, which isn't that different. And um, the first thing I go to do is to wash my hands. So I go into the bathroom and I turn on the sink and the shower water starts pouring down on my head. So like, there on the sink, there was like a turn. You have to turn it if you want to use the shower and turn it if you want to use the sink. So um, I had gotten soaked with water and I was like, what's <laughs> happening? Like, um, yeah, so I actually, I did, when I was blogging a lot years ago, I wrote a, a uh, post about my first 24 hours in South Korea because like there were just so many things that shocked me instantly and it was mm -hmm. just, they were kind of comical if you're not used to it. Right. And I'm sure looking back at it, it's comical, but maybe at the moment, <laughs> did it feel kind of like, yeah, what like, did I just do? <laughs> Yeah, um, I think from the second I got on the plane, I was like, uh, I think the day before we went, all went to Boat Basin and we had this like big party. I, you yes, came. I, yes, I yeah. remember that. Yeah. And like, you know, so many of my friends came and my brothers were there and I was, you know, I was very excited, but, you know, everyone gave me cards and gifts and then I like got on the plane and I was crying. I was like, why am I leaving all these people? Like. You know, I had, you know, such a great life in New York City. And it was just, um, you know, so originally I was like, yeah, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, what were you doing? It was like, I just really <laughs> admired that you did. It's not like you were somebody running away, I don't feel like, from New York or your life. Or like you had jobs, so many friends. You were the most outgoing person. And then it was like you're going to a whole new place. No friends. You didn't know anybody, really. No, like, no. no. Yeah. The language, the money, just even the bathrooms are different, like the food's different, everything. So it's like, what was like really calling you to do that? Was it like, what was that gut instinct? I think I was just so fixed on like being abroad and just having a new experience. And over time, like what I discovered is that I love learning about new cultures and new places and um, even like history of the different places that I'm living in. It just, I find it all fascinating. And I think that's what it came down to is that like, I really loved learning about different places and just experiencing different and new things. And I found that that's really my comfort zone. Like being out of my comfort zone is, <laughs> is my comfort zone, if that makes any sense. It totally <laughs> makes sense, which is like, how refreshing because how much did you learn like how much do you learn about more people or different like you said different cultures but I think you even go further not just the culture you went 
in, like not the touristy just spots, right? Didn't you like go into the actual, by teaching, I'm sure you met like real people and experienced like what really happens in different places of the world. Yeah, it's always interesting going in as a foreigner because there are a lot of different foreign communities for um, expats to meet and socialize and do different activities. But I think like when I have the most unique experiences is when I interact with people who were born and raised there, or the students that are from that area. So yeah, when I was in South Korea, like I taught many different students and made connections with the different teachers there. And yeah, I just really enjoy learning about like their upbringing and how their life is so different than ours, but also just the same. Right. So in this, for example, like in the school um, in South Korea, do you, did you notice that, like, what was the biggest difference besides that? You know, I don't know, like what's different about kids? Like what are so different about American kids and South Korean kids? Um, oh, I don't know. <laughs> like, is there maybe I, I one of the things, like, yeah. One of the things they, always, they just call me teacher and you know, like it's, it wasn't like, they didn't call me by name. They just call me teacher. Or maybe teacher <laughs> Michelle sometimes, but that was, you know, different. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't really think of, uh, there are similarities, but yeah, yeah they're, they must be different too. They're very focused. Um, they're in Korea, like there was a lot about, it, it was a lot about like their test exams and getting good grades. And it was a lot of pressure on the students. So mm -hmm. that was one of the major differences, I would say, is that they were always under a lot of pressure. My students, the older ones too, they come in and they would be in class until nine o'clock at night. And then they'd go home and be like, I have so much homework. And then they'd have to wake up and go to school at like 7am again and do it all over again. Wow. So that was like a major, you know, something I wasn't used to, like, we didn't have that too much when or I didn't have any after school classes when I was growing up and I don't know how many uh, students in the US do but yeah there's a lot of pressure for those kids yeah that's still a yeah that's a lot of schools like when do they get to you know have some fun like when do they get to be kids yeah. I don't know yeah, um, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> and then after South Korea tell us what was your next country well so I came back for a bit in the US. I did my started my master's degree. And then I wound up in Vietnam, just because I was uh, studying for my master's. And I didn't have my degree yet. I didn't have a job. And my some of my family members, my aunt, uncle, and two cousins were living in Vietnam. So I was like, well, I'll go live with them and uh, teach English again. So at this point, I was trying to earn my, uh, my license so I could teach at an international school. And yeah, so I wound up teaching English for a few more months in Vietnam. What did you like uh, about Vietnam? Like, what is it, like, would you recommend going? Like, Oh, I love Vietnam. It might be one of my favorite countries that I've been to. Um, yeah. I love everything from the food, the people, the places. It's such a beautiful country. My favorite part of my experience there was that me and my family lived in a in a very Vietnamese neighborhood. So I had... Uh, limited, I guess, relationships with the other expats that live there. I played soccer with some people that live there, but other than that, I didn't really socialize too much. And we lived on the street that was just very, um, you know, it was all people, local people. And so we really developed like relationships with these neighbors that 
we couldn't even really communicate with. So we would, we would hang out and interact, but we actually like couldn't really speak too much because they didn't speak English <laughs> and we didn't speak Vietnamese. So uh, it was just really cool to like have that kind of experience. And my family, they're still out there. This was, I was out there in 2000, early 2018 and they're still out there. So it's been three years and they still have relationships with these people. So it's really incredible. Wow. It's so interesting how it sounds like you had a great time, but not no one knew verbal communication. It's like there's so many other ways to communicate. And I think we yeah. tend to forget about that because it's always like talking or whatever. I'm sure you had a lot of hand movements and charades yeah. and like, did you Google all enjoy <laughs> Google Translate? <laughs> <laughs> and a common language is like everyone liking a beer, right? What's the local Vietnamese beer? Yeah, uh, we drank, I, I was like Tiger, but they had La Rue, I think, or, yeah, something like that. I mean, if I you like a beer, you like a beer. Like, everyone, yeah. like, you know, that's a common language, beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We And, you oh, know, there, God. you would just sit in the streets at these, like, kind of plastic tables and stools and just drink beer. And, you know, they just throw the cans on the floor and then they'd pick them up later. But like, so they'd just be in the middle of the road. It would just be like table and beer cans on the floor everywhere. That's crazy. That's like, so now like in New York City, all the restaurants now are able to sit on the streets. And it feels like a different country because, I mean, I'm used to it on the sidewalks, but not literally on the streets. But you're saying like people sit on the streets and that's where they hang out. And yeah, um, which is, you know, cool, a different way to do something. And then after Thailand, where else did you go? Like what called you next? Um, when I was in Vietnam, I wound up getting this job opportunity in Myanmar, and this was my first first international school experience. I was really excited. Um, at this point, I hadn't had my license yet, so I was really excited that this school gave me the opportunity to teach there, even though I didn't have my license for a full year. And, um, you know, so it was my, it was just a new and different experience, because it is an American school. We teach with an American curriculum, and um, but just in a different part of the world. So it uh, it was exciting for me, and I love it there. I'm waiting for the borders to open so I can go and get back to my third year of teaching. So, but yeah. And what's different there? Like, if you can say between Thailand and um, Korea, like, what, I don't know, what's different about it? So... Well, Korea is very modern. They're very advanced. And Vietnam and Myanmar and Thailand are a bit um, a bit more similar. They're all in Southeast Asia. And, mm -hmm. you know, they, they have Thailand and Vietnam are more touristy destinations. But in Myanmar, it's still kind of like untouched in a way. There are more and more tourists coming every year. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of quiet there and a little bit untouched. They're... One of the, my favorite places that I've been in Myanmar is um, they have this city, like it's an older city, and it's just full of thousands and thousands of temples, like 2,000 temples. And you just drive around and see these beautiful temples. So I don't know, Myanmar just, I, it's a beautiful country. Like I live in Yangon, which is, a, you know, a big, somewhat dirty city, but the rest <laughs> of the country, when I can escape the city, it's just so beautiful there. 
and the people are incredible and they're very kind and nice and i would say that that's probably my favorite part about it mm. and what language do they speak there i really don't yeah burmese cuz uh where they call it myanmar too so i don't burmese or myanmar have you learned any now you know with vietnam and myanmar the languages are very tonal it's very I, I, for me it would be very difficult for me to learn the language and especially in a short period of time but um yeah i've just learned how to order some food <laughs> beer uh, directions <laughs> the taxi driver yeah <laughs> uh yeah directions and yeah my major way of transportation there is taxis so i need to know how to say how to get home and then yeah when i'm on the street like straight left right you know <laughs> <laughs> i also found it interesting when we talked a while back is that like if you wanted to go shopping and stuff like at the time like they didn't have as much of a variety of sizes and things like that right it was just a different maybe that was uh south korea didn't um i, I don't I know if you a lot of those yeah a lot of the countries in asia are they just maybe more petite so um i mean i can find clothes there i tend to not buy too much until i get home yeah i i like very simple stuff like h&m and just like know what i want usually <laughs> so like i don't really buy too much but there are stores there are uh, actually in yangon there's a lot of um malls yangon's the city i live and so there's a lot of malls and a lot of modern stores and stuff so you can get stuff but it's usually very expensive expensive for being such a um inexpensive place to live. Mm. And then what about like um have you got like I know you're far from your family or your friends. How do you 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 make friends so easily? Like <laughs> you know like you said that you're just comfortable being uncomfortable. So like getting yeah. out there and like making friends have that been like some days you're like I just don't want to make friends. Like how do you go like <laughs> Or you're okay being alone <laughs> or like I don't know what do you like I don't know how do well, you get those connections how do you create connections when you're you know just land in a country Yeah um so my thing that I've done in I think all three countries now that I've lived in and even some states when I've moved around here is that the first thing I do is I look for a soccer game I'm very comfortable playing soccer and I love it and you know i need the, i need to exercise that's what makes me happy so when i land like i think i was in like yangon for like a day when i had found it wasn't soccer though someone had sent me to a a touch rugby uh session so i just showed up and you know it's just it's a great way to meet people uh, like right mm -hmm. off the bat um it's a lot of like expats usually um some local people join in but yeah so right off the bat i want to get to playing a sport and that's how i meet people and you know find something that i enjoy doing so and oh. you know it's a, it's a lot easier because most of us are on the same boat we are all like out there on our own or um you know in a different new place so a lot of people develop connections a lot faster because of that like we are all away from our family and friends back home and we are all here in the city and it's new to us or it's different and so uh, everyone's like very welcoming and open and um yeah so it's easy to develop connections right off the bat and find some good friendships so
Oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. So what have you really learned about yourself? Like you've been traveling for a while now, right? So it's been like, what, five, six years? Like you've been on the years, road yeah. five years yeah. of living in, you know, different countries. What, like, what do you feel like um, you've really got out of it? Like, and I'm sure there's like no regrets, right? No, you do no. it again. No regrets. I know you like no. you don't have regrets. You go for it. You do it. But what did you what did you uh, realize about yourself? Well, I think like one of the most important things I realized in traveling is to limit your expectations. Um, mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people go into things like expecting them to be a certain way. And if they're not that way, we will be disappointed. So mm -hmm. if I go to a new country and I have all these expectations and this is how I want things and it's not that way, then I won't be happy. So I try to really just um, be really open and, you know, go into it without expecting anything. So that's like one thing that I always try and remember when I'm moving to a new place. And uh, I guess another thing is that, you know, it's really interesting to see people all over the world and how we're all just human and we want the same things and everyone wants to be loved and find connections and you know have meaning to their life so it's I think it's really great to see that and it doesn't matter where you are it's the same everywhere so I find that really incredible yeah we're more alike than different right yeah we really we are. should celebrate those differences rather than not celebrate them <laughs> 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 absolutely well there's some people on if anyone has a question for michelle um again she's just traveled the world and i am just so like i i'm like so enamored by the courage you've had to pick up from the u.s and your friends and family and just go out and do it and really live and experience things and, you know, not just follow what everyone else does that, you know, you get a job after college, you get married, you do. A, and I'm sure one day you'll continue to do whatever you want to do. But travel is like such an important thing and just learning about yourself. Oh, and we see a former coworker on there, Jalissa. Yeah. We wave hi, Jalissa. <laughs> just had a call her out. Um, but is there anything else that you want to share? Like, how do you do? Oh, I always like to end any self-care tips. You know, what do you like to do for yourself? Well, I'll bring it back to the sports again, I guess. Like, that's what's really important to me. So I always try to find, um, like, sports that I could play to keep me active. Exercise is so important. Um, just having a positive mindset and, and, you know, feeling gratitude and being grateful for these experiences. That's what really, I guess, keeps me very positive and open. Uh, recently, I just last week, actually, my stepmom, we started this 30-day yoga program. So I've never really been big into yoga or meditation, but I've been trying to do that recently. And I, I'm finding I really enjoy it. So that was surprising to me. But um, yeah, so if anyone's n never been open to that, I would say that's a good place to start. For sure. And again, <laughs> you're open to new things and adventures and just following like just follow, go with the flow. <laughs> That's what I'm getting yeah. from you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, I'm kind of going with the flow right now. I have my Myanmar borders have shut down and I'm, hmm. I'm supposed to fly out. So I, um, yeah, I'm just waiting for a flight to open. The country is shut down until July 31st and school starts oh. on August 4th and I'm supposed to quarantine for two to three weeks. So 
as of now, I will be late, but yeah. I guess I have no control, so I just have to roll with it. <laughs> you don't. Well, thank you so much. Please keep in touch. I'm always like, send me pictures of what it looks like there. I'm so curious, <laughs> but I don't yeah. have the balls to go, but I'm <laughs> living through you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you jumping on with me today. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. It's great and to see you. You too. And everyone come back every Thursday at four o'clock beyond small talk next week. Uh, we're talking with a health coach around your lady parts. <laughs> Why? Because nice. after 40, some crazy stuff happens <laughs> and I want to educate the younger ladies so they can, you know, prepare for what happens to your body <laughs> after 40. It's really interesting. So anyway, <laughs> I look forward um, to it. <laughs> Thank well, you so talk. much. Not, not what happened. <laughs> not what happened. Yeah, just the information, right? You don't want that. And if you missed watching, you can always watch on IGTV. And I'm going to take Michelle's advice. She, uh, you DM'd me about moving to a podcast. So that's in the works pretty soon. This audio will be on podcast and YouTube. So thank you so much. And good luck awesome. with your travels. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.